The message is entitled Loyalty. We're going to look at God's loyalty to us, our loyalty to Him, and our loyalty to each other. Why do we call this Loyalty Sunday, this very special day, Loyalty Sunday? Because of this. On this day, we want to first of all consider God's loyalty to us, which of course brings a loyalty out of us to Him and also reminds, of us, reminds us of our loyalty to each other. But just think of this. Do you ever think of this in terms of God's loyalty to you and to me? When did his loyalty to you begin? I was thinking about this the other day. His loyalty to us began when our names first came into his heart way back somewhere in eternity. That's what the Apostle Paul tells us, doesn't he? That even before there was a creation of the world, before there was anything at all, we were in the heart of God. So his loyalty began to us when our names first came into his heart, way back in eternity. That loyalty expressed itself then, of course, in our conception and then in our birth. Huh? That loyalty has been there to us all through our years, hasn't it? Whatever amount of years we have had, those years have been given to us by him, you know, I, I don't control my heartbeat. I don't control my breathing. Uh, that's all a gift from him, isn't it? Every heartbeat, every breath, again, from him. All of that part of his loyalty to me. And then like Luther talks about in the, first, in the first article, he has given me food and drink and house and home and wife and children, food and clothes. All those kind of things come from him, don't they? All of those are expression of his loyalty to me. But you know, even way back... In eternity, he saw how I would turn my back upon him. And that is a result of my being a descendant of Adam and Eve. And so he decided, even back then, that, that he would make provision for me so that I could be in heaven with him. And you too, didn't he? So he saw that our sin would keep us out of heaven because you can't have sin in a place of holiness. And so even way back then, then, he determined to send a Savior, didn't he? A Savior that would take care of my sin and take care of your sin and take care of your death and take care of my death. And so he began working toward that. And for centuries, that loyalty expressed itself in all the things that happened in the Old Testament, huh? All that great plan being worked out. That was his loyalty to you and to me to get and make it possible so that we might be in heaven. And that loyalty expressed itself on that night when the angels made that grand announcement over the fields of Bethlehem, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And that loyalty was expressed all through the life of Jesus, who was living his life for us, getting ready to die our death for us. And think of it in this way too, that as you look into the manger, you see the loyalty of God. As you look, into, as you look at the cross, as you stand on Calvary and look at the cross, you, you see the loyalty of God. And as you stand outside the empty tomb, what you see is the loyalty of God. So in all of these places, you see that loyalty. All through Scripture, you see that loyalty. And then you see that loyalty at the baptismal font. Because when God put his name on us there, uh, that was his loyalty to us, huh? And that's connected to that name appearing in his heart way back in eternity 
and then finally that fulfill grand that brings to that is brought to fulfillment when that name is put on his name is put on me in baptism and it's the connection between those two and then all through the Christian education that I've received through the years I've uh, that's his loyalty has been there hasn't it every time I've come to this altar and I've heard those words this is a body of Christ given for you this is the blood of Christ shed for you uh, that's God's loyalty isn't it that he's expressing again his loyalty constantly giving constantly giving going all the way back all through life spiritually materially in so many ways why we talk about loyalty that's that's God isn't it loyal to us and that in turn calls from us a loyalty too, doesn't it? That finally as I experience his loyalty, that begets loyalty in me toward him, doesn't it? My goodness, in my thankfulness to him, I, I want to be loyalty to him. Uh, it seems like in today's world there is so little loyalty, isn't there? But my goodness, how much loyalty there should be in our relationship to our Lord. Anyway, his loyalty begets my loyalty and at my confirmation there's where I express my loyalty huh all through the years up to that point of expressing he's been blessing me so many many ways but then through those years too those early years I learned about his loyalty to me and then finally at the moment of confirmation that's what that's about isn't it confirmation I come to this place this railing or wherever it was and I say to him, I'm going to be loyalty. I'm going to be loyal to you now for the rest of my life. And Lord, you can count on me. And that's what loyalty is, is, isn't it? It's being able to count on. And so I'm saying, Lord, you can count on me. You can count on me now for the rest of my life. I'm going to be here to worship you. You can count on me for the rest of my life. I'm going to serve you in whatever way I can. You can count on me for the rest of my life. I'm going to be part of your family. I'm going to be devoted to you. I'm going to serve you. You can count on me, Lord, to be a witness for you. You can count on me when it comes to the Great Commission. You can count on me when it comes to the least of my brethren. You can count on me when it comes to feeding the hungry and clothing the naked and all of those things. Lord, you can count on me. That's what we say, isn't it? And no matter what happens, even if I must suffer persecution, that's part of the confirmation vows, isn't it? Even if I must suffer persecution, even if I'm threatened that my life will be taken away from me, Lord, I'm going to be loyal to you. You can count on me until my last breath here. Because you have promised to be loyal to, loyal to me, even all the way into eternity, into heaven. Lord, you can count on me to bring my offerings and tithes. You can count on me to, to bring my commitment. So I express my loyalty in that way. But then also, Loyalty Sunday reminds us we're not, not only of God's loyalty to us and our loyalty to him, but it also reminds us of our loyalty to each other. And that's something I think sometimes we forget too, that God brings us together into a family. He brings us together into a community of saints. He brings us into a gather, gathering called the church. And in that gathering, in that community, in that family, we are brothers and sisters. We are fellow believers. The Holy Spirit is dwelling in each and every one of us, you see. We are called to be loyal to each other. 
And so you have things in the scripture which say edify one another and support one another and encourage one another and rejoice with one another and cry with one another. And all of those expressions are simply saying you belong to each other. You are a community. You are a family. You are brothers and sisters. And God calls you to be loyal to each other. And so as the church, we are loyal to each other. He calls us together for that. That we are to look after each other spiritually. We are to strengthen each other in every way that we can. As Hebrews says, we are to inspire each other to good works. We are to worship with one another, all of those things you see. That's part of our loyalty to each other. So once I come into a community of saints, once I come into this community called the church, God calls me to loyalty, huh? Well, this is what Loyalty Sunday is all about. And that's why we celebrate it year after year and remember it year after year. It is my loyalty to my Lord is because of his loyalty to me and it is because of our loyalty to each other that we then come forward here and we make a pledge. We make a commitment to the Lord that we can, are going to work hard in order to make things happen here in his name next year. That when we come to this altar, we are saying, Lord, you can count on me. You can count on me. I am going to do everything I can to carry out the Great Commission, to educate children, all of those kinds of things. And so, let's remember these things then on this Loyalty Sunday, God's loyalty to us, our loyalty to Him, and our loyalty to each other. Hmm? Look at the bottom of the page, our commitment to loyalty. That's what we do next, is we commit ourselves to loyalty. And in each of these various things that we pledge ourselves to, just see what we are pledging ourselves to. We are pledging that we are going to be loyal in all of these things, in maintaining all of these things, and doing all of these things. So, it, our, it is our commitment to loyalty. And so, follow along and, and pray with me, will you? In grateful recognition of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the giver of every good gift, and who has richly blessed us with health and strength of body and mind and soul to do our daily tasks, For the worship of God the Father and Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit. For the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the administration of the holy sacraments, and for the teaching of the word of God, for the building up of the body of Christ. For the maintenance of the ordained ministry of the church, for the service of sacred music, for the care of the sanctuary, and for the promotion of Christian fellowship and spiritual life. For the support of the church in its program of Christian education, for the Christian training of children and youth in the way of righteousness and youth and truth. For the ministry of comfort to all who mourn, for the ministry of guidance to all who stray, for the ministry of counsel to those with problems, that forgiveness and salvation from our Lord Jesus Christ might be revealed to them and be received by them and by us. For the witness of the gospel message of light and salvation through Christ to all the earth and for the support of our synod, 
as an expression of your compelling love in our hearts, O Holy Lord and Heavenly Father. Our help is the name of the Lord. May the Lord bless us and protect us from evil and bring us to life everlasting. Amen. Now, as you look back over all of those things to which you have pledged, you know that you can take our whole budget and put it under each of those points. Do you know that? That our budget is divided into these various areas of education and missions and building and all those kind of things. You can take all the parts of our budget and put them each part under one of those things there because that's what that pledge is about. We're pledging to do all of these things, but of course these things um, need funding and what we're doing is pledging ourselves to fund all of these things that are there listed. So you can take our budget and just divide it up and then put that by each one of those points. And of course, when we make our pledge, you know, when we commit ourselves, we can do that only with the help of the Lord because there's one enemy that's going to do everything he can from keeping us from this pledge and this commitment, and that's the devil. So I need God's help in this struggle. My help comes from him who made heaven and earth, so I can count on that. On the next page, of course, is, are the things that go on here every, every uh, year and, and every week, and your church ministers to you through service, fellowship, education, the worship services, 184 of those a year, the Christian day school, uh, K through eight and, and preschool. Just read this past week that since, it was so tragic, so tragic, and we just pray and we want to pray and we want to keep working, that that never happens here. But I read this past week that since 2004, 478 schools in the Lutheran Church presented have closed. 478 schools in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate have closed primarily because of finances. You know? And when I read that, what I think of is this. How those very same churches worked like the Dickens to keep those schools open during the 1930s. Most of the people who kept our school open during the 1930s are now gone. They've all gone to heaven. But I can remember the stories, some of the stories that they've told me. You know, I remember that Red Morgan was on the uh, school board at that time. And uh, Red used to talk about how they would work like the Dickens to keep that school open during the 30s where they went out calling talked about going out calling door to door and asking people for a quarter. Now think of that. Can you think of that? You know, school board going out door to door and asking members for a quarter to keep the school open. See? Well, you can imagine now that thing, that same kind of thing happened in all these other places where these schools have closed. It's tragic when you think of that that they worked so hard during the 1930s, so convicted and convinced of the necessity and the importance of the school, and now so many are closing. So, we hope and pray, of course, that that never happens here. And uh, 
we are doing everything we can to keep it from. Anyway, we have a Christian day school, K through eight and preschool. Sunday school, of course, and, and we have some people that work very, very hard, Sylvia and all the Sunday school teachers work very hard to keep all of that going. The Bible classes, vacation Bible school, we have a great vacation Bible school every year. The adult and choirs class, the team classes, Sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper, private communions, all those things, baptismal instruction, the youth program, we got some people working very hard. Then, by the way, we got some people, Dennis Draper and some other guys uh, have been working over in the youth house, and I wish you would stop over there and see it. I was over there last week, and they have painted, and they've done this, done all kinds of things. They really, really worked hard over in that youth house to bring it up to where it really is nice. Done a great job. Some people working very hard there, the Blantons and, and a bunch of people, the Lowe's, huh? And then we have Girl Scouts and Brownies and Cub Scouts and, and Boy Scouts, all of those kind of things. Wednesday school youth confirmation classes. Every Wednesday night here, the visitations, the hospitals, the shut-ins, the trouble, the bereaved, the marriages, all of these things. Home visitations, the women's ministries, many things there, the parent-teacher league. I understand they've got a new name. What is it? The Falcon Team. Team Falcon, okay. I was asking our principal, Lisa. Lisa, are you here? Anyway, I was asking her, what's Team Falcon? And she says, that's PTL. And I said, well, you need to publish that because us older folks don't know what that is. Team Falcon is the new name for PTL. Everyone listen to that. And get that down now, okay? Anyway, we'll have to change that every next year to Team Falcon instead of parent-teacher league. Prayer. Yesterday, like I said a little bit ago, so many people here, 8 to 8, the Anna ministry, the, the radio ministry, each Sunday, 9.30, devotional materials, material, the portals of prayer, the evangelism, of course, still going on on Monday night, the jail ministry, the tracts, all of these things, the choirs, the children's, the fellowship, and, and uh, these things, and we need to continue working on these things, the annual picnic, the Thanksgiving dinner now, the home missions, of course, so, so much here, so tremendously important. The tape ministry, the bookstore, the newsletter, the food pantry, Narcotics Anonymous House. All of these things are part of the ministry here. Lots of things here, Lord. Lots of things. And I think sometimes we don't realize how blessed we are and how much ministry there is here. But it all costs money, and that's what the next page is about. You heard me... Last week, say that 1969, when we had our first um, first uh, uh, royalty Sunday, we raised the budget from 63,000 to 70,000. We thought we were really doing big things, and we were, we most certainly were. But uh, now it's gotten a lot bigger than that through the years because of inflation and so on. But anyway, missions home and abroad, 42,650. Some of that goes to foreign missions, missions here in the district. Uh, some to we have. Seward, uh, Concordia Seward is in our budget, uh, Concordia St. Uh, Paul Concordia, um, Missouri is in our budget. There's various missions that are in that 42,000. And the properties, uh, major maintenance and uh, capital, that's, um, we, 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 we use that, that's the building fund that's on your, on, your, uh, on your envelope. And of course we use that to maintain things, but also we save that money up for other things here. In a, I think that the, the uh, contract has been already let, and we'll be putting Lexon on all of the windows again. That has to be replaced. It's kind of, kind of brittle. We put that on, I don't know how many years ago, many years ago, 
and now we have to replace all of that. That's going to cost $31,000, and uh, we've saved up money out of this 33000 to pay for that, and so we'll be able to pay for that immediately as we do it. We don't have to have an offering for that or anything. But that's where that 33000 goes. We save that up for those kind of things. Also, that will also provide payment for debt on the new bill, uh, on the uh, maintenance building on over there, what we don't raise to pay for it ahead of time. Number three, of course, is uh, all the salaries and so on, uh, 510,000. At Trinity, we have 14 full-time workers and 12 part-time workers. 14 full-time workers and 12 part-time workers. That's quite a few people that are working here. That's a little more people than a lot, uh, a lot of businesses downtown. And uh, so that's, that's the cost of those. And then the retirement, uh, 283,000. There's 41,000 of that goes to, reti to retirement. And uh, health insurance costs 193,000. There's 33,000 for social security. You put all those numbers together and that's what that's about. Conferences and conventions, 2,000. Worship, office, altar supplies, 15,000. Under that is uh, uh, paper that we use in printing and altar supplies, the wine and all those kind of things. $1,200 a year, postage, bulletins, all of those things that come out of the office are there. The music ministry, uh, that's the organ tuning and the piano tuning and music that, that's sung by the choirs and copyright fees that we have to pay, all of that's what that's about. Christian day school, um, that's uh, the total over there is, uh, this is for copiers and testings and, and uh, computers and all kinds of things come under that, just a whole bunch of line items 30,000. Parish education, 3,000 for Sunday school materials. BBS, $1,850. Uh, we usually have about 250 kids in that. That's great. The inquirer's class, the booklets and Bibles that we use in inquirer's class, all under that. The properties, 62,000 we spend for utilities, 25,000 for insurance, 13,000 for repairs, 6,800 for cleaning supplies, 1,700 for lawn care. Uh, inspection fees, inspection fees. Uh, or two thousand dollars a year, we have to have the sprinkler system selected in the and the uh, what do you call it the back of the building, the fire escape, and all these kind of things. All of those come under that. One hundred nineteen thousand evangelism, twenty seven hundred. That's for the materials we use for Kennedy calling, youth uh, trips and gas and bus and all those kind of things. Potlucks and vent under fellowship, thirteen hundred and five dollars and stewardship for envelopes and, uh, and uh, education, all those things, uh, tracks under that. It comes up to $1,057,879. Per pupil at the school, $5,100. Our tuition now is about $1,100. The school endowment fund adds another $2,000 to that. And uh, so $3,100 comes from that. The other 2000 then comes from the offerings here on Sunday morning. But now think of this, that $2,000 of that, $5,100 now for each student comes from the income from the school endowment fund. That's why it's so necessary for us to keep giving to that and adding to that through the years. Okay? So that kind of gives you an overview. But uh, the line items, uh, that's just a those are just in big chunks. There are many, many, that, the budget is several pages long when it gets all the line items there. What is a pledge? Well, a pledge is a promise and a commitment based on faith. The scriptures do not use the word pledge, but they certainly use the word promise and commitment. 
And the pledge is simply me saying to the Lord, this is, Lord, you can count on me. This is what I'm going to do this coming year if you bless me as you have the past year. He doesn't expect anything from us that he does not give to us. And so that's always based on that. Lord, if you bless me next year like you've blessed me this year, this is what I intend to do this year, and you can count on me. Now, if something comes up that I have not expected, you know, some uh, radical thing comes up, then, of course, the Lord knows those things, and he knows that, and uh, he takes all of that into consideration. First fruit giving is that I put that at the very top of my giving. That's the, that's the first thing on my budget is, first, is, is my first fruit giving. That's what that simply means. At the very top of my budget, always it's going to, uh, always there is going to be my, my giving to the Lord, my giving to the Lord. Yesterday, in the, uh, I was here, of course, yesterday, and in, in the time between uh, the prayer, you know, coming, meeting people here for the prayers, all day long, anyway, I was reading the uh, latest uh, book about uh, David uh, Green of uh, Hobby Lobby. And how David Green began the Hobby Lobby in his garage many years ago, and is making, uh, Frames for pictures. That's how it all started years and years ago. But he also began giving 10% of what he made in his garage as a tither. He tithed everything from the very first moment of that. And of course, now he's at, I think, 50%. He gives away 50% of the, of the uh, profits of Hobby Lobby. It's still family-owned. He still owns it. But now 50% of the profits go to all kinds of Christian uh, ministry. Why does the Bible stress every Sunday giving? Because it sees our giving as part of our worship, as a gift to the Lord. And that's why we do that on Sunday mornings here. What is tithing? Well, that's bringing 10%. And uh, every one of us have to decide about that at some point in my life. Am I going to live on 100%? Am I going to live on 98%? Am I going to live on 75%? Whatever. But finally, I have to make that decision. Am I going to follow my Lord's bidding and actually give back to him that 10%? Sometimes people ask me, does that 10% in, in, is that on gross or is that on net? My answer to that is this. If God comes to you and says, I'm going to give you 10% raise, tell me what you make. Will you tell him your net or your gross? I think that answers our question. God came to me and said, I'm going to give you 10% more than now. What's your gross? What, what did you make? I think I'd tell him my gross, wouldn't I? I think so. Anyway, that's the answer to that question. Why is it so important to make a promise? Because that commitment, when I make a commitment, then the Holy Spirit helps me make that commitment. I, then I have to plan for that. Like I talked about that last week, you have to be very, very intentional. You have to be very intentional. You've got to plan. You've got to work this out. And by the way, that was also in David Green's uh, uh, book there, how he worked all of that out and how they struggled and so on, and yet they made it work. And uh, also what I said last week, I read in that book too, that first he made the commitment to tithe, and then he took out his paper and pencil. That's the way it always worked. Well, here you have some, some examples, and uh, please follow along with those. Last week, I also talked about how, how you grow spiritually 
through our giving, our generosity, and our tithing. I just read this quote this past week. You may have, if you listen to Bot Radio, you've heard this man on Bot Radio. His name is Chip Ingram. Chip Ingram. And just read this quote from him. Generosity is a gateway into intimacy with God. Generosity is a gateway into intimacy with God. That's most certainly true. That's talking about spiritual growth. Teenagers, we have this in there as a guide for you. Uh, I know you get spending money from, probably from your parents if you're not working, but once you start working, be it babysitting or whatever, that's the time to begin tithing. Just like I said, when they started selling uh, uh, picture frames, he tithed. My very first job as a, after the sophomore in high school, I tithed $4 a week because I was making $40 a week. And I tied that $4. I still remember taking those, taking those four $1 bills every week in that summer and putting those in the offering plate because I tied that very first job after I was a sophomore in high school. Anyway, so sophomores, let me tell you, that's our kids, young people, start then. God's word is true. God's word is true. When you start young like that, my goodness, he'll bless you. Parents, you need to guide and direct your children in this too. Teach them to give. Teach them to save. Teach them to give. Teach them to invest. All of those kind of things. But you've got to teach them to give, okay? And now how do we divide? Well, according to our budget, we would encourage you to divide your pledge 93% and 4% and, and uh, 3%. We, of course, envelopes are to help us uh, maintain our giving. Boy, if we have an empty envelope, that means we haven't given usually. And that's what we should make up, okay? That's what that's all about, okay? Ushers, are you ready to bring down the... Some of you may have those because we sent them out in the mail. Some of you may have them and already made out, but in case you have not, the ushers have one for you and they will give that to you. And we will make that out. As they're passing those out, on page 14, please follow along there, it says, Christ Jesus, the captain of your soul, your eternal savior and king, has told you the story once again of Christian giving. You have seen the program of your church and your part in its mighty plan for winning and keeping souls. And now Christ calls you to commitment and promise. Now will you pray this prayer, everyone here, will you pray this prayer with me? It's in your bulletin or in your booklet here on page 14. Will you pray this prayer with me? Pray out loud. Almighty God, who has promised that whenever thy name is recorded, thou wilt come with thy blessing. Look with favor, we beseech thee, upon our endeavors to continue building thy church in Atchison. Direct our plans in accordance with thy will. Make our hearts big in love and open wide our hands in generosity. Help each of us now to make a pledge pleasing to thee, a sacrifice worthy of thy love to us. And do thou move the hearts of each of us to give and to serve until our purpose is accomplished and we see thee face to face. Amen.